as we've been studying, you might have thought I was through with this, but I'm not. And, and that's why I want to go back to it. But it said that in this place where Nathan confronted him after his gr gross sin, it said David confessed to Nathan, I've sinned against God. And Nathan pronounced, how many love this? Yes. But that's not the last word. Aren't you thankful? You haven't heard your last word. And America hasn't heard its last word. And Central America, has, Central Louisiana has not heard its last word. And God's about ready to do something. Yes, but that's not the last word. What does it say? God forgives your sin. God forgives your sin. And he won't die. And you won't die for it. I'm believing God that America is not at the doorway of death in Jesus' name. I believe it's at the doorway of life in the name of Jesus. I believe your business is at the doorway of life in the name of Jesus. And he confessed his sin and he opened it. And then he continued as we saw as we went through these points about David and his restoration. So David arose from the ground. How many know it's, you got to get up sometimes? You may not feel like it. It may not make any sense, but you got to get up. David rose from the ground. He washed. He anointed himself. He changed his clothes. But I want you to see here. This is where we are today. And he went into the house of the Lord and he worshiped. Somebody shout out worship. worship. Somebody shout out worship. He got up, he washed himself, he cleansed himself, and he started worshiping God. He, still got in, he went into the house of God not just to watch. He didn't want to be a bystander. He didn't want to call himself a member. He wanted to be a participator. He wanted to let the unction on the inside of him. And though he was being judged, there goes the murderer, there goes the adulterer, there goes the no good king, there goes the no good this, there goes the no good that. We know what you've done. We know what you've did. We know how God's angry with you. But he could raise his hands and he could shout unto God with a voice of triumph that even in the midst of his barrenness, there was something new that came up on the inside of him. And he was determined to be a worshiper and a king like he had never been before. It's when I've hit bottom, I'm determined I'm going to be what I've never been before, better than I've been before. My comeback's going to be better than it was before. And there's a rising going forth and I want to express for him my glory and honor. I want to tell you something right now about worship. Worship is not what you do before the preaching. Worship is just not part of the structure. Worship is not just what we do. Worship is where you come to express your heart and the value of God to God. It's not a tradition. It's not just what we do. One day I may get up and preach before they sing. Or they may sing and I preach and sing again and preach and sing again. There is no order. There is no structure to when the Holy Spirit takes over. It's called worship. It's what God desires. Let me tell you something else about worship. It's what we're going to do for all eternity oh yeah you're going to ride your little horses and you're going to fish in the spring and you're going to see Peter and Paul and Jesus we're going to do all those things but if you read the Bible all they're doing 24 hours days worshiping and throwing crowns at the feet of Jesus worshiping throwing crowns at the feet of Jesus heaven is going to be about worship and so I had this other picture that I took off of Facebook I know somebody said uh oh I don't look at what you look at I see what you look at no I'm thinking listen to this I love this. Look, look at this. Uh, I don't want to just serve him. I want to be obsessed with him. I want to be obsessed with this man that's on the throne. I don't want to just serve him. I want to be obsessed. I want something just oozing out of me. I want to experience that freshness every day. I want to be obsessed. Are you one of them fanatics? Yes, I am. Are you crazy? Yes, I am. You're not normal. Who wants to be normal? I just want to magnify God and thank God I've been delivered from death, hell, destruction, and the devil. Can I hear an amen? 
David repenting, he said, you know what, I'm just going to get up and just keep praising God, eat like I did before and even better. You think I wrote some songs before the first 55, 51 chapters? Wait until I start writing in the next 100 ch chapters in the book of Psalms because I'm not stopping. Just because I messed up then don't mean I'm going to mess up tomorrow. I'm going to keep praising my God who gave me an opportunity for tomorrow. And even when I mess up tomorrow, which I will, he's going to give me another opportunity and another opportunity because he's the God of mercies. Can I hear an amen? All week, I mean, since Sunday or Monday, I have been in Psalms 106. And I just feel like God is wanting to speak to us. And you may say today, where is the hope of America? What can change America? What are we supposed to do? I mean, we, we can't look to Congress, can't look to Senate, we can't look to Republicans, Democrats, government, uh, president. What are we supposed to do? Well, it's right here in Psalms 106, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Somebody shout out, praise the Lord. What we're supposed to do is supposed to praise the Lord. And I looked up that word praise, and it means to express admiration. It's supposed to express admiration to the Lord, respect, gratitude. It's an act of worship. It's to applaud Him. It's to speak highly of Him. It's to sing praises to Him. It's to glorify Him, honor Him, and adore Him. And the word Lord means the one who has the authority, the power, and the influence. So what are we supposed to be doing right now during this crisis and the government shut down? Thank God heaven will not shut down. Thank God the gates of hell will not prevail and shut heaven down. Thank God God is open to your prayers. He sees your needs. He doesn't slumber or sleep. He's not some weak God of the gods. He is the one true God, the only God, the eternal God. And it says, praise the Lord. Admire him. Admire me. Lord says, admire me. Come before my throne and admire me. Admire my word. Glorify me. It says, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. He is faithful. His faithful love endures forever. And that's one of the songs that they sing over and over again in verse 2. Who can list the glorious miracles of the Lord? Right now, we can list what Republicans or Democrats are saying. We can list Obamacare, what's good and what's not good about it. There's a lot of things we can list. But when was the last time we went down the list of the miracles of God? When was the last time we went and just meditated again about Lazarus and feeding the 5,000 and calming the storm? When was the last time we thought about a little old teenager just killing the giant that had everybody else scared? Oh, just list about the miracles of the Lord. And look what it says there. Who can ever praise him enough? Who can ever praise him enough. How many of you know we can't praise God enough just to praise him and worship him because he's, his mercy is endless. Then he goes on to say verse 4 and 5. Remember me, Lord, when you show favor to your people. Can you imagine how he's standing there? Yeah, they may deserve to get their prayers answered, but I don't. I know they've never committed adultery. They've never murdered. They've never done this. They've never done that. I know they would never do that. David just started going, I'm getting that all on my mind. Remember me. Lord, it's me, your worshiper, the one who loves you. Not the perfect one, me. Lord, remember me when you show favor to your people. Come near and rescue me. Let me share. Somebody shout out, let me share. You may not be able to say, Lord, give me. But you can say like David, Lord, let me share. Lord, I want to be in on it. I want to have something to do with it. I want to be a participator of it. It says, let me share in the prosperity of your chosen ones. Let me rejoice in the joy of your people. They're rejoicing and they may have something to rejoice about. And I don't feel like I have anything to rejoice about. But Lord God, I want to be among them rejoicing. I may not have nothing to rejoice about now, but I'll share in their joy. And as I share in their joy, I'll get my own joy for something that you're going to do for me. Let me rejoice in the joy of your people and let me praise you. I'm not going to make excuses why I'm not going to praise you. I'm just going to praise you. Let me praise you with those who are your heritage. Can I hear an amen? Now, we got two people who aren't here today, so I can talk about them. 
is Christy Roberts. Y'all all know Christy Roberts, right? Okay, you know Christy Roberts. There's Christy Roberts and her husband, Donnie. Big old six foot seven guy. Anyway, Donnie won an award, I think it was this month or the end of last month, and he was invited to Texas to receive his reward, award, and to make a speech. So he got up and he made his speech in front of everybody, and, but the thing about it is, is Christy was able to go with him, and Christy was taking pictures on the airplane, Christy was taking pictures at the hotel. I mean, if you're on Facebook, Christy was taking pictures and taking pictures and taking pictures. Then she took a picture of her man receiving his award and giving his speech and all this. thing about it is, was Donnie was the man of the hour, but because she had a covenant with the man of the hour, she was let in on everything he was doing, and he was receiving I want you to know Jesus is a man of every hour of every day and, just, and I want you to know you've got something to rejoice in not because you've did something to earn it but just like Donnie earned the award but Christy got to participate in the receiving of it Jesus won the award he won the victory he won the glorious name above all names and because he earned it you and I get to get on it because we're married to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and we're a participator and everything he's got he's given to us Glory to God. So, Lord, let me in on what Jesus did. Let me in on what Jesus had. Can I hear an amen in here today? He won it all for me. And then verse 6. Look at this. Like our ancestors. And now I want you to see something here. We. Say that with me. We. We, we have sinned. We have done wrong. We have acted wickedly. And like I told you, God has just had me in Psalms 106 as I've been praying for my nation. And as I was reading this, it made me think, and I went back to read about Daniel. Daniel never, you, you never find Daniel, I mean, you never find Daniel compromising. You never find him in sin. You never find him in a scandal. What you find about Daniel is a man who prayed, a man who fasted, and a man who served God with all of his heart. But when Daniel prayed, if you go read his prayers, it's always, God, forgive us of our sins because we have sinned. And over and over again, it's we. It's we. It's not they. It's not the king of Nebuchadnezzar that's the sinner. It wasn't that the Israel was a sinner. He didn't call the Babylon, Babylonians sinners. He says, for we have sinned and our ancestors have sinned. And then I find David here saying, like our ancestors, we have sinned and we have done wrong and we have done wickedly. And what I felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking on the inside of me, that it's easy to say who may be wrong today in government and may be wrong in this and wrong in that but it's not my place to be getting involved in who's wrong it's my place to be a patriot repenting for the sins of my nation the sins of my ancestors and my sins I mean I don't want to get involved people put things on my Facebook about president and congress and senate and, and I don't mean to offend you but I take it off because I don't want the problems on my Facebook I want the answer on my Facebook which is Jesus Christ and when people ask me, what do you think about this and that? All I know is that I will rejoice in the Lord God of my salvation. I know that God is about ready to do something. And I know that it's not over for me, for the church, for this area, or for this nation. I'm going to keep praising God. I'm going to keep rejoicing in God. I'm going to keep glorifying God. And he kept on, we have sinned. We have done wrong in your sight. And it says here, look at Romans 3.23. For all, how many? How many of you have never sinned? Anybody here? Don't raise your hand because you're lying. You're going to hell. We all have sinned. We all have sinned. We've all messed up. We've all thought them thoughts, gone those places, did those things, drank them things, smoked them things, been those places. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And, and then you, I know you're saying right now, well, you said you never did that. No, but I have some ancestors who did enough for me. We and our ancestors, 
For we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now look at this. Here it is. Here's, you want to be a patriot? It's not just putting a flag in your country and on the dashboard and in your car. You want to be a real patriot? Look at this. Isaiah 53, 6. Isaiah's interceding. We, every one of us, have strayed like sheep. We, who have left God's path to follow our own America. But look at this. Yet God, somebody shout out God. God laid on him the guilt and the sins for every one of us. He laid on him, Jesus, the guilt and the sins of every one of us. And so many times we say, we don't have enough reasons to praise the Lord. I tell you what, if I can bless my food three times a day, I can bless God seven times a day. I can bless him for his goodness and his mercy. And if, if he doesn't come through for me like I want him to, he's still been good to me just to save me from hell and just to be able to fill me with his presence and just to experience him. It says, for we all have sinned. We all have strayed. And then it says in Romans 3, verse 10, it says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. And so many times we want to excuse ourselves. And, and you know, uh, it talks about us and our ancestors. And we want to tell about how, you know, we look up Ancestry.com. I did that for about a year and got my, uh, quit wasting my money. Because, you know, you find yourself, you know, I, I had kinfolk land on Plymouth Rock. I had, some of them were preachers. And I could talk about the good stuff. But how many know from 1600s to now, <laughs> there's been a lot of stuff. And, you know, when you go talk to your family, you know, you want to ask, well, well, tell me something about our heritage. And they'll tell you the good stuff, but they don't want to tell you about the skeletons. They don't want to embarrass you and embarrass themselves. But how many of you know a lot of the things that are happening is not only for the sins of the present, but the sins of the past. And we want to excuse ourselves and say, well, you know, I just messed up this and that and the other. Or we pride ourselves, well, you know, I've got German blood. I've got Irish blood. I've got Native American blood. I've got Mexican blood or whatever blood you got. You know, we pride ourselves in our bloodline. Well, I want you to know that I've got Indian. I've got German. I've got English. I've got a lot of different things in our family. But I want you to know I've got Jew in my family. I got, no, it's true. I got Jew in my family. And so I went to my great aunt to find out where did the Jewish in my family come from? And she said, well, there was this salesman named Abraham, who was a Jew from Crowley, going through Jennings, and he knocked up one of your aunts. <laughs> and, be, and, and because he was a Jew, we got Jewish blood, but because he a Jew, he, Abraham wasn't allowed to marry one of my ancestors. So we got Jewish blood, but it wasn't ever made legal. So, I mean, how many you know, there's a lot of things in your family. There's a lot of sins. There's a lot of things that went on. But how many of you know, the blood of Jesus Christ covers a multitude of sins. Well, I can tell you something about my family. They didn't repent because Abraham, the salesman, knocked up aunt so-and-so. They just drunk to it. <laughs> you know, they just say, well, you know, it don't matter. Well, you know, hey, you, know, this, you don't believe all that's in the family. And we just cover it all up. But the truth of the matter is, who repented for the sins of the Native Americans and the witchcraft? Who repented of the sins of the Irish or the Swedish dabbling into witchcraft? Who repented of the sins of the murders of the Germans that could be in our family lineage. Who repented of the sins of our ancestors? And when you read the patriots of Daniel, Isaiah, and David, they didn't only repent for their sins, but they repented for the sins of their ancestors. Lord, I repent for the generational sins down my family line. 
I repent for the offensive and diabolic things that happened in my family even before I was born. But Lord, I call my heritage righteous from this day forward. And we repent for the sins, the sins of this nation, the sins of the innocent babies who were killed. It goes on to say in Isaiah chapter 106 verse 7, it says, Our ancestors in Egypt were not impressed by the Lord's miraculous deeds. Doesn't that sound like today? You know, they just, you know, they forgot about his mighty acts. You know, it, they didn't take it in, in, in importance and they forgot about him. God saved us after 9-11. Then we forget about it. The day after 9-11, the churches were filled. A week later, the churches were empty again. We forget about God's miraculous deeds. We're going through right now what we're going through. People are saying, uh, people telling me, what do I need to get saved? I witnessed to a young man Friday for a few hours and Friday afternoon. And then we are at, people are saying, and people are in church. Some of y'all haven't been in church for a while. And you hear, I saw couples here in the first service that weren't together. And there's different things going on. When things start getting rough, the churches start getting filled. How often, though, when things start going good again, the churches start getting empty. Because there's other things to go after. There's other things that rob. How many of you know our God is worthy of all the glory all the time? When it's good when it's bad no matter what he's worthy of all the glory all the time and he goes on to say in verse 8 it says he even saved them he even saved them to defend the honor of his name and demonstrate his mighty power look what he goes on to say in Acts 13 34 he says I will give the sure mercies of David where am I somebody been playing in my notes I will give the sure mercies. They, how many know we taught on the sure mercies of David? It means the assured, the guaranteed, the unfailing, infallible, unerring, assured, indisputable, irrefutable, undeniable, undoubtable, conclusive, foolproof mercy of God. How many are thankful for the mercy of God? I mean, God is so mercy. He was merciful with them over and over again. And then look what it says here. So he rescued them from their enemies. Yeah, I know, but it's not right on here. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to follow y'all. So he rescued them from their enemies and redeemed them from their foes. Then the water turned and covered their enemies, and they, not, on them, not one of them survived. Then his people believed his promises. Then they sang his praise. How many know so many times we wait till something good happens, then start praising God? But how many know you got to start praising God for the good times to come? How many can raise your hands right now and praise God for the good things that are coming, good, good things that you're expecting, the good thing that God has in store? Amen. Hallelujah. Now let's find out where we are. Here we are, verse 13. They soon forgot his works, and they didn't wait for his counsel. Oh. I'm just going to do whatever I feel like doing. I don't need to ask God if I need to do this. I just want to do this. I just want to go there, do that, and do this. They didn't seek God as counsel. Congress didn't seek his counsel. Head of the government didn't seek his counsel. They soon forgot his works and lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tested God in the desert. And look at verse 15. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. Amen. As I've been praying, Psalms 106, I even praised it Tuesday night for intercession. Leanness in their soul. The prodigal son, the father didn't make him go. He wanted to go because he wanted to go experience what he had never experienced before. The father let him go. We here in America, we've experienced and accepted things we had no business doing, and we've accepted it. And now we have found the church with leanness. They're spiritually skinny. There are the skeletons. They have no meat. They have no muscles. They have no umph to them. We are Christians, but so many times we don't even put our armor on because we don't have the strength to carry the armor, or we don't want to make the effort to carry it or get into a battle with the enemy. 
Whenever we don't have a life of prayer and praising, we start getting lean spiritually. Our soul starts getting weak. Our emotions start getting weak. The world starts sucking the strength from us. And we go to church on Sunday morning, and we get a little bit of, uh, and then all of a sudden by Sunday afternoon, it's already sucked dry again. And by Monday, we're just wasted, and we don't have anything to live for, anything to expect. We're going around negative, and we're going around listening to negative people, and we're going around living negative because we're, we're dry spiritually. We're, we're just skeletons. We're just walking skeletons. You can hear us clank. We ought to be hearing the armor of God, but there's a clanking of bones because we lean this. Because we, it, it's like they say, karma has a bad way of coming back and kicking you in the behind because you do something you want to do. You think, I've got I've to do this to do that. I'm going to leave this job and get this job and make more money. But then when you leave this job and you take that job to take more money, you find out it's not everything you thought it was and you wish you would have to the old job but it's too late to do that now and so we just start doing things without seeking the counsel of God and we start going here and going there and we're wondering you know okay I'll leave my wife and marry this one and all of a sudden we realize no I, don't, I wish I wouldn't have married her but, but, but man this woman is crazy I didn't know she was crazy then why did I leave her I mean karma has a way there's something about going and doing something that you think is what you really want to do but when you do it you find out man I should have had a V8 Leanness to their soul. It's what I thought I wanted. America, it's what I think I want. Another, I just don't want a MasterCard. I want a Visa. I want to discover. I want more cards to get more stuff. Can't pay my tithe, but I got to pay my cards. Leanness of, leanness, 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 leanness. What God is looking for is zeal. God is looking for somebody, somebody got a spark in here this morning. Somebody who's excited about God and the word and about being in church. And you're just not going to church. You are the church. And it's just something about, man, my song made a difference today. My, man, it just wasn't the worship team that did a good job. I did a good job because I was magnifying God. It just wasn't that one that was clapping, but I was clapping. And some of you, I know you're timid and shy. And you weren't clapping or dancing on the outside, but I knew you were on the inside. And I knew you were raising your little toe and raising your little finger. I know you were praising God somehow, but I know that when, when it is shut up on the inside of you it's going to have to come out somehow because there's a fire on the inside of you it's just a fire and a zeal that causes something to come alive your prayers the song the move of God in Psalms 106 it goes on and on they trusted God defied God trusted God defiled God trusted God defiled God forgot God forgot God God forgave on and on and on and you come to verse 29 and they anger the Lord yeah they anger the Lord all these things and a plague broke out among them. The government shut down. Ain't taking your food stamps. Ain't giving out wick. Man, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? We're gonna trust God. Who? Who? People sound like owls when we go through a rough time. You know, remember, Jesus Christ, J.C., yo. Jesus. Just stop back and just, just say the name, Jesus, the Christ. And they angered him again. You know what they did? Y'all know the story of Balaam, you know, he's the donkey rider that the angel almost cut his head off and all that. Balaam was paid to curse Israel, and he went to curse Israel three different times, and God wouldn't let him. So he finally gave up, and he said, look, I can't, I can't curse where God's blessed, but I'll tell you what you do. 
I've been checking out your women. Man, you got some fine women in your tribe. I want you to send your prostitutes out to Israel, and he's going to make the men fall. God's going to remove his hand, and then they're going to die. I can't curse them, but you can trap them. And so the king sent the women out into Israel. And this one guy, his name is Zimri. He was the head of the tribe of Zimeon. And he found a harlot who was the tribe of the Moabites. And it says that he was so, you could read about him in Numbers, he was so proud to go to the temple of the Moabites and worship to those gods, then take this prostitute, hold her around the waist, hold her by the hand, walk with her to his tent, and have his way with her in his tent. Hello, Internet. And uh, PG-13 today. And he brought he bring this harlot into his tent like it was nothing. And the Bible says that the few righteous men, Moses and Aaron and, and a few others, were between the porch and the altar interceding and fasting for God to end the plague. But the plague wasn't ending. So finally... Phineas had the courage to intervene. Somebody shout out courage. courage. Somebody shout out intervene. Phineas had the courage to intervene and the plague was stopped. So he has been regarded as the righteous man ever since that time. Let me tell you what happened. Is that here's this guy, Zimari, taking this prostitute around. And it says he wouldn't even blush. He wasn't even ashamed. He'd pass right in front of the tabernacle, Moses and Aaron. And he'd walk with this, this prostitute, go right into his tent. And everybody knew what was going on. And he, it says in the Hebrew, he was even proud to be seen with her and her him. And he was going around saying, if God killed me, you can't kill me if God didn't kill me you can't kill me he was proud of his sin kind of like gay pride I'm gonna parade who I am I'm gonna make out in front of the school I'm gonna make out on TV we don't make movies about our lifestyle because God loves us all yes he does dear but he doesn't love the sin And it causes a plague. What's wrong with America right now is not the man in the White House. It's the dead babies and the homosexuality and the prayer that was taken out of the church and the sin that's been allowed in this country. God loves the sinner. He hates the sin. And these two were prancing around in their tutus. Going down Bourbon Street down there in Israelite. Proud of their sin, open about it. And they went into their tent and they were in the act when Phineas grabbed a sword, busted through the tent, and stabbed them both through and through to the ground and the plague was stopped. Listen, we don't, we're not into burning witches today. We're not into stoning the adulterers or the homosexuals. We're not into any type of physical violence. But if we're going to intercede and be zealous about something... It's going to be with the high praises of God in our mouth and the two-edged sword in our hands. Can I hear an amen? It's the high praises of God in our mouth. It's not, oh my, we got an economic problem. Oh my, we got a moral problem. Look, there's always been these type of things, such as common to man. What the problem is, is that we have a church that don't worship and praise God every day inside and out, who's able to take a sword, and, I, and I'm going to come against that spirit of the name of Jesus. I'm not going public against them. I'm going to praise and worship God. I'm going to be a patriot every day in my life and pray, God, forgive us of our sins and the sins of my nation. Forgive us for making it right for a man to marry a man and a woman to 
to marry a woman. Lord, forgive us for making it right for a man and a man to adopt a child into that lifestyle. Forgive us, oh God, for the sins and the sins of our nation. Lord, forgive me and my country for this sin. Forgive me and my ancestors for this sin. Lord, I repent. I repent for my sins and the sins of my nation. I repent for the killing of the unborn. I repent for the sin of my life. I repent for the sins of this nation. Lord, forgive me and this nation for its sins in Jesus' name. And let the high praises of God be. Say with me, be. As I was reading, the Spirit of God jumped up on the side of me. And he said, you see that word be? Where was the first place it was said? It was spoken in Genesis chapter 1 when God said, light be. There's many people here today You say, I don't know how to worship God. I don't know how to praise God. I wouldn't know what to say. I wouldn't know what to do. I don't even know how to pray. I, I'm just that type. I'm, 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 you know, tall, I'm shy. I don't know what to do. But that word be there is a creative word. God said, light be. And it was. This be. And it was. There's something on the inside of you, that creativity, power of God on the inside side of you that when you take a step to start worshiping God there's a new song that starts shaking and rattling on the inside of you there's a new sound that starts arising there's a new language that comes alive there's a new spirit that rises up from the rises up from the death there's something that comes alive on the inside of you and instead of being lean in your spirit you start getting with the fatness of the anointing of the Holy Ghost with substance and power to worship and praise him let the high praises of God be in their mouth. Glory! Yeah. Woo! Yeah. The creative word of God. Look, I want to show you something. It says, at midnight, Paul and Silas were good Baptists and Methodists, and they were crying in their cell. No. They were what? And they were what? Woo! They weren't Facebooking how bad it was. They weren't texting. Look at what God has let us get into. No, they were I love you, Lord. And I lift up my voice to you. And I worship you as he that alone is worthy of praise. Because it says that everybody in the prison heard them. They were aloud. I worship Yeshua, I'm Messiah, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. They were not ashamed to say his name. And they were worshiping him. And the key of David, which is the key of authority. It's in Isaiah and also in Revelation chapter 3. It's the key that opens what no man can shut and shut what nobody can open. When you activate the key of David, doors that cannot shut any other way. So many times people say, Pastor, pray for me an open door. I say, what? Praise and the door will come open. There's something about praise, the two-edged sword in your mouth. There's just something about praise that causes the hand of God. When you start praising God, Jesus reaches for the key of David to unlock the doors that no man can shut and open doors that no man can open. There's something about unlocks the worship, worship of God. And it says all the doors were open and all the chains were shut. It goes on to say here in 2 Chronicles 20, the king appointed singers to go ahead of the army. Not the army to go ahead. I tell you, it was the singers that were singing first. And as they sang... And praise God for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. It was a song of mercy. And at that very moment, they begin to sing. At that very moment, when they begin to sing, it may be the very moment you start singing. You've been dependent on your mama to sing for you and other people to sing for you and the worship team to sing for you. But it may be something that when you start singing for yourself and start singing for God, that is, when you start singing to him, there's something that's going to open up some doors that no man can shut. Something emotionally is going to happen. Something mentally is going to to happen something physically is going to happen there's a door that's going to open that no man can shut glory 
And as they begin to sing, the Lord set up an ambush. Joshua 6, 16, you're going, oh, you're supposed to be quiet in church. Well, if they would have been quiet, like some people want us to be quiet, the walls of Jericho would never fail. But it says when Joshua signaled the people, what did they do? Shout. What did they do? Shout. Come on, shout. I tell you what, I see the saints playing and people are shouting and acting crazy. I tell you, sometimes you just got to get crazy for Jesus. Look what it goes on to say. Psalms 27, 5 and 6. It says, Then I will hold up my head above all my enemies who surround me. At this is sanctuary and I'll offer the praises with what? Shouts of what? Agony. Sorrow. Joy, singing. Somebody shout out singing and praising the Lord. And listen, I know some people say we shouldn't have all those instruments in church. You ain't got instruments, you ain't got music. God made instruments. There's instruments in heaven. There's glory in heaven. But let me tell you this. You know why praise, praise makes the devil so mad? It's because Lucifer used to be the praise of heaven. He was the worship leader, and Isaiah says the instruments were inside of him. He'd open his mouth, and all these instruments would just come out of Lucifer. He was created as a worship leader. Well, when he lost his position in heaven, he was cast down to earth. We puny humans got born again, and we became the worship choir of heaven. We got his position to cover the throne of God with praises and worship. We got, he lost his position. We got his position. We were around the throne of God when worship. It says he inhabits the praises of his people. He establishes his throne when his people praise him. There's something that happens that when we gather together and we get lost in him, we seek him, we worship him, and we go to our homes and our cars and we spend time to worship and praise him. There's something that goes on on the inside of us. Hallelujah. Because they're shouting unto the Lord. It says in Psalms 20, um, 13, 14, it talked about how all of a sudden they were surrounded by the enemy. And then the men of Judah gave a what? Yeah. A shout. And the men of Judah what? And then the Lord struck them. Listen, I, I, you may say, what's our doctrine? Pastor, what do you believe? I believe, one, I believe in shouting. The word shout is the word Torah. You remember the little guy who came from uh, uh, Christ for the nations. He talked about that word. He might have pronounced it differently, but that's all right. I, I was only part Hebrew, remember? <laughs> anyway, that word Torah is why the soldiers used to shout for the word charge. The Calvary of America used to say charge. The Hebrews used to say Torah. And it was a shout that they would make that the enemies would tremble. The Philistines would start shaking. The ground would start shaking. The Bible says time after time they shouted so loud that the earth trembled and the enemy knew that. That the presence of God, the ark of God was in the presence. And the devils tremble when the devil knows that God is in his church. And God is alive within his church. And his people are praising him. And it's about Torah, Torah, the shout of the Lord, the shout of the Lord. It's kind of like, I've got a boy, he's, he's a black belt. And you've probably seen on TV, you might have seen these guys who are in the karate. And what do they do when they go to do something? Because that's supposed to freeze the enemy. That was cool. Whoa! They make that noise and it's like, <gasps> well, do you realize that when you shout, when the enemy's surrounding you, and the enemy's been hearing you whine for so long, oh my God, this is going to kill me. My kids are going to kill me. My husband's going to kill me. This situation's going to kill me. Oh my God, I don't even know why I pray anymore because he doesn't hear all my prayers. And the devil just listening, he's just tapping his foot going, mm, I love a saint like that. But then you leave on this day. 
and the devil gets you and you wait just to respond the same way. But instead of saying, oh my, you start saying, oh God, I give you praise and I give you glory. And you go, hallelujah! And the devil freezes and it's just like you start doing one of them neo-matrix moves on the enemy. And he don't know where to go because all of a sudden there's a shout of joy in the midst of the camp. I'm not going down with the ship. I'm not going to die. I'm going to live and I'm going to see the glory of God here in the living glory be to God. Oh, wow. I'll stop with this one. I, I got so much more, but I'll save it for next week. Listen to this. Furthermore, I came, Paul's talking here, and he says, a door was opened to me by the Lord. Not the church, not the government, not by China, not by anyone else. A door was opened to me by the Lord because I decided I was going to start praising him. Instead of blaming him, I was going to start claiming him instead of denying him. I was going to start speaking his word instead of speaking mine. I was going to start surprising the enemy with a shout of joy. I was going to get in my car. I mean, I'm not saying you got to shout in front of people all the time because I know they might like you up, but we'll go get you out and tell them you're one of us. But I'm telling you, there's something, I'm telling you, there's something about sometimes just when you're alone just shouting unto God. There's something about just shouting, hallelujah, glory be to God. I give you praise, Jesus. There's something about dancing when you're alone and just leaping for joy. I give you glory and I give you praise. I magnify you in the midst of my enemies. I magnify you in front of Satan and all the demons of hell and declare that your blood is honorable. Your name is worthy and your God and your King and your Lord. And you will not leave me in this circumstance, but I'm going to praise myself out because you're the God that opened doors that no man can shut. Would you stand upon your feet, please? I know I went over time, I'm sorry. But you done been to the fair, you know what's there. <laughs> you know, I talking about the fair. You ain't missing nothing. Let me tell you something, talking about the fair. I used to think, all my boys are big now, they're all grown. I used to think about when they were little. And we'd be standing in the line to go see a movie or go to the fair. How they couldn't stand still. I mean, they, they're just all excited. I mean, the, daddy, 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 what is the start? Daddy, 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 when are we going to Disneyland? Daddy, daddy, what, you say, we're really doing I remember when they used to get excited. And I was saying, oh, if we could get excited about Jesus like that now. I'm going to church, not for the reasons I used to go for. I'm not serving Jesus for the reasons I used to serve him for. I'm just serving because he's so good, so great, so awesome, and I just love him. I just love your holy name. And Lord, I might have did some things to close some doors to where it looks like I could never get back and I might have never regained what I've lost, but God, you're the God that opens doors. So I'm going to praise you, I'm going to worship you. Though I may not be able to open the doors, you're able to open the doors. And I'm going to praise you, the God. I'm going to see that key of David activated and the authority of God's going to open those doors that no man can shut. Lord, I'm going to even pray and believe that the doors that have been shut over our nation, that can, the doors of revival can be opened, that barren place can become a fruitful field. Lord, we know you have not abandoned us. We know that, lo, I am with you even to the end. And, Lord, I praise you that we're in this world, but not of it. We are part of the kingdom of the Most High God. And I know we're commanded to worship and praise you and magnify and glorify you. That, Lord God, church is not supposed to be about a name of a denomination. It's about to be about the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, and the living Word and the blood of God. 
Lord, may we come in the midst of your presence and worship you and value you and give you the adoration you're due. Like David, Lord, we may be despised before the eyes of some, but we'll be glorified in your eyes for dancing before you with all of our might, our strength, and our heart. Lord, I pray an awakening of the sound of worship and revival and praise. As it has been rising in these years time and time again, I praise you for the new sound that's about to arise. I praise you for the roar that's about to come alive in the church that has caused the enemy to step back and flee in seven different directions. Lord, I praise you that as we put praise in our automobiles, in our homes, and Lord, as we ourselves enter into praise and worship, that something is going to be done in our lives that have not been done before. Every head bowed and every eyes closed. We spoke about worshiping and serving the King of Kings. I want to give this call that I always give. Don't want you to lose out on the opportunity of surrendering your life to He who matters most, Jesus the Christ. If you're here today and you're not sure that your sins are forgiven or if you would die, you would spend an eternity in heaven. Today is the day. This young man I was speaking to Friday, he says, I just don't want to go to hell. Then Jesus is the answer to heaven. He's the way, the truth, and the life. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you please right now raise your hands right there where you are and say, I want to receive Jesus in my heart as my Lord and Savior. Anyone at all? Anyone today? God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? I want to surrender my life to Christ. I'm tired of being locked down, shackled down, imprisoned. I want to be free. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else today? I want to be free. I want to be free.